DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Utah getting ready to face Oregon State. PK, it doesn't sound like a massive matchup, but it's the leader in the South and the co-leader in the North. It's a Pac-12 network game. <laughs> yes, Phantom Fox. That surprised like, me. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a massive that, matchup. That did surprise me when I saw that. You know, I got the Pac-12 network, so I'm okay. I'm good to go. But, yeah, I, I saw that, and I was surprised because I think it, – it's an important game, obviously. Both teams are 4 2. It is time to bring in Frank Dolce, Ute Insider, analyst for the Zone Sports Network. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of the Save Now, Pay Later promotion. Do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. Doing well, yes. A little curious, your take. Utah, Oregon State. It doesn't sound like a huge game, but they're both 4 and 2, and Utes lead the South, and Oregon State's tied with Oregon in the North. I get Oregon. UCLA is the big game, and I can't remember it's ABC or Fox, but it's over the air. It's okay, so that game is sexier. It's the LA market. It's Oregon. It's, you know, the coach versus his old team. But I would think the Utes, that's the second-best game of the week in the conference. ASU's on a bye week, but it's shuttled off to the Pac-12 network. Like, it's nothing. Like, it's Colorado and Arizona. What are they doing? What's going on? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe Utah can use that as motivation. We're on the Pac-12 network. Let's show them (laughs) on three. We'll show you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, uh, I I think that – yeah, I think Oregon UCLA is uh, is kind of an exciting matchup too. So, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I think this really fits though with this kind of fits uh, Utah and Oregon State. I don't know if these two programs want to be flashy or or uh, or you know the the, the uh, bell cow of the of the conference. They just want to go out and do their work and then find themselves in a position to win the championship at the end of the year. So. I think it. I think it kind of fits the personality of both of these football teams. And by the way, it's not a great position for Utah to be in. I, if you go just this year alone, you go across the conference, and you know we said Oregon was the best team in the league, and then Oregon got beat the next week, and then Oregon State took control of the North, and then Oregon State got beaten next week, and then. Uh, we said UCLA uh, was the best team in the South, and then UCLA got beaten the next week. And then Arizona State was the best team in the South, and then Arizona State got beaten next week. So now we're going to say, well, Utah, Utah sits atop the South. Are they the best team in the South? This is not an enviable position to be in. So what you're saying is watch out for Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's Probably exactly not. what I'm saying. Did you see the beatdown Colorado put on Arizona? I did, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so look out. Look out for the buffs. They're peaking, yeah. man. Just for Utah's they sake, hope they peak just, too early. Just to the right time, yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. I think this is a good Utah football team, and uh, but but it's like it's not like a you know a football a Utah football team that can go out and make a bunch of mistakes. It just just look what Arizona State did. I mean, that's a good football team. They were very physical at the line of scrimmage. They kind of beat people, beat, beat people up. They beat Utah up at the line of scrimmage in the first half. And then they, you know, they got 13 penalties 
in that football game, which is which is equal to probably a couple turnovers which in is, the game. And, and, and it's an unusually low number for the Sun Devils. <laughs> yeah. In the state of Utah, exactly. Absolutely. You are a way better audience for him. You give him a big old laugh, and I just look at him and cross my eyes and like, oh, come, come on! If you're dude. not getting to 15, what is wrong with you people? Yeah, what lack of effort? I mean, we're going to be we're going to be running laps for that kind of effort. 13 penalties. We can do better than that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why you're not in stitches all the time, DJ. I mean, he's a funny guy. I am. Exactly. Again. I am from getting beat up. (laughs) (laughs) All those kind of stitches. (laughs) Yeah, right. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think think Utah's a good football team. Uh, Not a perfect football team, but I think they, you know, we've seen, they've seen what they can accomplish. And hopefully that's enough motivation to prepare well each week to go out and, and play the way you're capable of playing. Because if Utah does that, then there's no reason why they can't run through and, and win the division. So, as a former quarterback, we know how you view the game. And the quarterback switch is obviously a big deal. It's obviously had a, a, you know, a major impact on this season. But I know from talking to you off the air, too, as a quarterback, you look at the old line like, guys, could you not get me in stitches back here? And there were some <laughs> huge mistakes being made early in the season, and it seems like that's all tightened up. There's no longer, you know, two defensive tackles there to greet the running back as he gets the handoff. Why so, and how have they made such improvement, and do you think that continues? Yeah, I, I think what that tells you is that um, physic, physically, athletically, there was enough talent up front based on the last couple of performances that the talent was there that mostly it was an issue of either preparation or mental errors and or some combination of that. So, you know, it's not that you couldn't make the step or the set or whatever you were supposed to do. It's that you just went the wrong way or you didn't do it correctly. So, um, so once you figure out that part of it, then the, then it's clear that Utah has the physical ability up front to, to make the plays. And I think that's, I mean, if I'm, if I'm trying to diagnose what happened, I think that would be the first place I would go is like they, they, they either cleaned up their preparation um, or they cleaned up the mental mistakes they were making. And, 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 and probably they, they, you know, they, they got the right rotation in there and Utah didn't start the same starting five for the, for the first three games. So they got the right rotation in there. So to me, that was, that was the big issue is cleaning up all the stuff above the shoulders. And once you did that, um, then the physical attributes could take over. Oh yeah, for sure. That's, that's a significant part of it. I think there's no doubt about it. As I look at this Oregon state team, chance Nolan is a, he's a capable quarterback, but the thing that jumps out at you is their running game. You know, they've got five guys, or what, four guys averaging five and a half yards per carry. B.J. Baylor is pushing 700 yards already, uh, nine t- touchdowns. So clearly we know what they want to do uh, as far as their offensive philosophy going up against Utah's defensive philosophy. And Kyle, you know, since uh, he came out of the room, they asked him, hey, what do you think about life? He says, you got to stop the run. I mean, that's the first stop thing. The I... run. <laughs> that's number one. That's, was that his? Yeah, I mean, yeah. here, here, PK, here's what we should do sometime. 
I mean, we, we could do it on the air. People might not enjoy it, but we could. We need to make up the Ten Commandments of Kyle Whittingham. <laughs> And and that would be number you know commandment. Now shalt thou stop shalt the not, run. Shalt not allow the run game. Yeah. On this yeah, hang like all that. the football law and the football right. coaches. I mean that's that's he he preaches that. You play golf with them. Uh, what do you think? Got to stop to run, man. <laughs> Go out to get a yeah. bite to eat, lunch. What do you think? Got to stop to run. I mean, that's just got to stop the run, and I'll have a double cheeseburger. <laughs> that's what he's fries. about to the to the nth degree. <laughs> and it looks like you know I've seen Oregon State play a little bit, but obviously you just look at their statistics, and it just jumps out at you about them running the ball. How do you think that matchup is going to play out? It's a well. I like the matchup. I think Utah and Oregon State is a good matchup for for Utah. I don't know that. I mean, there's been some crazy games in Corvallis, so that's something I think to consider. There was there was one blowout game uh, that Utah played up there, but then there was a game uh, several years ago. I believe it was in the Travis Wilson era where Utah didn't throw the ball for a hundred yards in the game. Like I think they had. They, they definitely had under 100 yards passing and figured out how to win that game in, like, an overtime scenario. I mean, it's just – it's been a funny place for Utah to go play. So that is that is something to consider. But I like the matchup. I, I mean, I, I think Nolan provides uh, – he, he's not a quarterback that uh, – I, I think Utah can manage him. And, and I think Utah's going to be forced into a situation because they're going to want to stop the run where you're going to see more man coverage in the defensive secondary because you you're going to get, want to get people closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, and I think all of that is manageable. It's not that Nolan can't hurt you downfield, um, but I don't think he's demonstrated that on a, you know, a very high percentage basis. So I like the matchup. Uh, I think Utah's going to have to take some – take some risks in the secondary and, you know, put a bunch of people toward the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then again, it, I mean, it's the same thing we talk about every week, but you just, it happens up front. You have to be disruptive at the line of scrimmage. If you let Oregon State get downhill in the run game, then you're just, you're going to be in trouble. 242 yards per game is a huge number, and they're leading the conference by a wide margin. UCLA is second, and Oregon is third. So should we – I know you get the arc of a program, and the Utes have been good against the run for a long time. Do you have total confidence? Because they still have to play the top three rushing offenses in the conference here in the next six games. Have you got total confidence no, I, in their ability to handle these three, these three teams as they run the ball? Well, I mean – total confidence no I, it's just like the any given Saturday scenario and and those teams are good they're talented and and I said earlier um, you know after US Utah beat USC I thought the next two uh, most difficult opponents on the schedule were going to be Arizona State and Utah figured out a way to get past Arizona State and then UCLA uh, because because of UCLA's run game and because of their dynamic quarterback, and then Oregon because Oregon has I still think has you know amongst the best talent in the league. I'm not high on Oregon's quarterback play, so I don't put them as high as the others. Um, and and then Oregon State fits right in there because Oregon State is physical at the line of scrimmage. They run the ball well, but 
but I don't put them quite on the same level because they don't have the dynamic quarterback to deal with. So I think the quarterback position is more manageable. So to me, it, it kind of fit. I mean, this is like, this is a classic matchup for Utah. This fits exactly what they want to try to do on the, on the defensive side against a really good running football team is, is our defensive philosophy to stop the run going to be better than your offensive ability to run the ball for almost 250 yards a game? Yes. Yeah. I would, I would agree on that completely. And that, that's what's going to be the aspect to watch. Uh, they got away with it against the Devils. They got away with it against Washington State. And that's the slow starts offensively. Uh, I just don't know how long they can c- continue to keep getting away with it, basically. So they've got to they've got to come out and be a little little bit better early to me, or I think it might catch up to them at some point. It, it's always, I, I, I think it's always difficult to play from behind. And then that, you know, there's something about learning how to play from behind. And Utah's given, you know, they've given themselves that lesson a couple times now. But then it becomes difficult. Like, it, it's challenging. And, and uh, in allowing a team to jump out ahead and gain that momentum, that is also challenging to overcome. So I think there's, you know, the, the ability for Utah to, to overcome a deficit, uh, we've, we've seen that. And so that tells you something about the football team. And that's, that's a positive. But, you know, it's really difficult to do that week after yeah. week. And plus both week. of them were and, at home when they did that. Yeah. And, and by the way, I mean, nothing against Utah's performance, but the ball did literally bounce their way a few times against Arizona State. I mean, it bounced right back into Cam Rising's hands, and then he ran it, you know, around the right end yep. um, on, a, on a broken play. Um, Arizona State dropped – what half a dozen footballs on on catches that were very sh- should have been made very reasonable catches to make and would have extended drives and so Utah was able to get out of drives on mistakes and then and then the 13 penalties now i i believe that Utah's pressure on the defensive side kind of forced those penalties so i'm going to do kind of a half and half on that deal but it, there still were 13 penalties that that uh, were very meaningful in the game so, um, so all of those factors combined, and then Utah played pretty well in the second half. All those factors combined to allow Utah to come back. Well, you know, let's if you get into a game like that against an Oregon State or UCLA or or Oregon, you know, are they going to have the drop balls? Are they going to have thirteen penalties? Are they going to, you know, make all these mental errors in the second half of the game? It's it's not likely. So. Playing from behind is difficult. I like that Utah has demonstrated the ability to come back and to, and to have the mental fortitude to win a game like that, but it's, diff- it's challenging if you're going to do that each and every week. They're doing a better job of holding on to the ball, occasional uh, drop balls and good hops notwithstanding. But you go to Corvallis, it's supposed to be like 50 degrees and raining. How much faith do you have in the receivers catching it and the running backs holding on to it? Well, I, I guess I would have more faith in uh, running backs holding on to it in, in that type of scenario. We, when, you, when, when Utah used to play Air Force and the weather was bad, you just love that because when the ball's in the air and then you're trying to catch it on the, on the option and 
then all of a sudden it's bouncing all over the field. I mean, that was that was kind of the ideal scenario. But I don't see that happening in the run game for for Utah or or for for Oregon State. So uh, run game, I think, should be more much more secure. But the passing game now that that may pose an issue. And a, you know, a wet ball is the most difficult. Cold isn't isn't as difficult. Snow isn't as difficult. But a wet ball is the most difficult. It's slick. It's heavy. Um, the rotation on the ball is not the same. So uh, I, I think that is absolutely something that 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 Utah and and we'll have to consider as we as we go into this game against Oregon State is who's going to be able to manage the football turnovers are certainly. Are, are certainly going to play a, a role in the game, I think. Frank, we'll leave it right there. We appreciate the time, and we will talk to you again next week. Hey, absolutely. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, PK, when you want to get get together and start putting down the Ten Commandments of sure. Kyle Whittingham, I, I'll make myself available. Right. Thou loves cooking. <laughs> I mean, there's probably, we could probably come up with like 20 commandments. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Three, all, all three or stuff. four would be stopping the run, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can steal right. as long as you stop the run. Who cares? <laughs> well, he's all about the takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> turnover yeah, margin is critical. Turnover, thou shalt not turn over the ball. I mean, that's a that's a huge. Thou shalt, a huge thou shalt well. get four and a score. Four and a score. Yeah, you know. That's a good one, too. So I'm sure we could come up with a, with a quality list. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, guys. Great to talk to you. All right, DJ and PK, we will hear from Kalani Sataki and Kyle Whittingham coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Stay with us for that right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.